that don't know she Alright, it's a snowy Saturday night and it's episode 27 already. Man, moving on, super excited today. I have Mike and Tony from the Abrupters from the USA Ska. Super clean, super chill. And uh, yeah, played a bunch of stuff with them and I uh, can't wait to sit down and see their faces. And I would like to mention that this episode is brought to you by Mark and Wesley Guidry. Thank you very much. Uh, you are the producers of this episode. And for future producers, the uh, PayPal link is underneath the video. Any uh, tip will do, no matter how big or small, you become a producer of the uh, next episode. How community is that, right? Don't forget to subscribe and slap that little bell thingy up, you know, make it ring. And it definitely helps the, uh, the show. And uh, let's get it on. All right. Boom. and don't know shit. Brother, sister, Tony, Mike, how are you guys doing? Wonderful. Where are we today? At my house, Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. And right before we just talked for a second, when, when was it the last time we saw each other? February. In this house. Well, actually, I guess if we want to get technical, Pittsburgh, right? We played that show in Pittsburgh together. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went back That's on right. to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck. Time flies. Eh? A year already. A year. I know. I, I really, it really feels like you guys were here just a few months ago. You know, <laughs> if we just took the last year and kind of like erased it, it would have been a month ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, man. How are you guys holding up with this pandemic and shit? Like what's going on over there? Is, are they on curfews or lockdowns or anything like that? No. When you told me yesterday you had a curfew, I was shocked because we don't have curfews, but they have oh, really, really up until recently they shut everything down so like no going out to eat no bars nothing we went to pick up some food just some takeout today and uh they just opened up restaurants again that's wild times man yeah um just at eight o'clock here there's a cop car that drives really slow up the uh, street with the lights on and it's curfew it's heavy stuff helicopters over montreal and stuff wow. like that yeah, oh yeah. My God. it's like 100 lockdown Wow. I, I, but that. honestly, though, I mean, Canada is so, doing so much better than we are. So it's like there's got to be a method to that that's working. Well, I mean, I guess what, what they say it's all about. And look, it isn't perfect here. I mean, it, it's kind of weird. Like there's curfew, but schools are open and stuff like that. So it's mm -hmm. just kind of kind of mm -hmm. weird. But I mean, what it is the hospitals are getting overrun, right? And, and right. it's just to slow stuff down so the hospitals can keep up, basically. That's that's mm -hmm. what the, the mentality is, you know? Sure. Because there's no just stopping it. Right, right, right. right. Well, hopefully with this vaccine, you know, given time and everybody stop being an idiot and actually gets it. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then maybe we can get Is it going out to the people now? It is. It is. Uh, actually, our, our drummer, he's a fireman, so he's a first responder, and he, he already got it, and he's getting his second dose this week. So, yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, because, like, here, here they got it, but it's, it's going to be slow to roll it oh, out yeah, to the people. Yeah, it's only, like, 3% right now that's got it, so... It's going to be a while, but at least it started, you know? Yeah, it, it, exactly. But it, it's fucked up. I mean, right now, too, and, like, we can't escape the news or anything like that. What's the vibe on the street? The USA is fucking, woo, weird times going on down there, man. Well, we got everything from the virus to the president, you know? It's it's insane right now. Like, I remember I was actually, we were, we, we've been mixing this new EP, and we were doing it with Rick Johnson, a mustard plug, and he was texting me and he goes, okay, I just put up the first mix. Let me know what you think. And I'm like, Hey, it's really good, man. I'm like, but like, I think you're missing some of these oohs at the end. And he goes, 
hold that thought. He goes, I'm watching the USA fall apart right now. <laughs> and so I look, and that's when they were storming the Capitol. And I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we can't, we can't catch a break. <laughs> we have people storming the Capitol. We're not doing well with the virus. It's just not going good for us right now. <laughs> Nah, man. Nah. Well, that's why I was asking, like, what is the vibe on the street? Are people freaking out? Is everybody chill and just, you know, in denial? Like, what's going on over there? I don't know. It's it's definitely a diverse um, place to live because you got. Yeah. yeah. Tony, you're going to have to somehow get close to the microphone. I can't really hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's a mix of both. You have people who you know, are still going out to eat, are still hanging out with all their friends, like nothing is, it, you know, seemingly going on. And then you have people who just can't see anybody because they're truly quarantining. Mm. So it's, it's a mixed bag of, you know, what yeah. everybody's doing. And then politically, sadly, we have so many people that actually side with the president. <laughs> it's hard to know who, who your friends are anymore because a lot of revelations have happened these past four years. <laughs> You know, it's, it, it's such an interesting and huge subject that, you know, like, I don't really know anybody that likes the president. It, you know, it's kind of weird. I'm like, the, these people exist, though. There, I guess there's just such a line that the people aren't mixing. So, like, none of my friends do, you know? Right. Well, you know what blows my mind is the amount of ska fans that like the president. That, really? it, it, it absolutely. So, mustard plug, you know, mutual friends of ours, great dudes. They made a post of, you know, we don't want people who are racist being our fans and stuff. Things that you would expect from a ska band, awesome stuff. And there's this one guy I know from, he lives somewhere around Buffalo, but he's actually, he's followed you guys. He's followed us. He's followed Mustard Plug. And he's just, he's an older gentleman. And um, he put on their post, well, you just lost a fan. If you don't trust our president, then I can't be friends with you. And I'm like, what is your problem? You're like, at every ska show, you, you, you claim you love this music, but like, do you have any idea what it's about or where it's from <laughs> like crazy yeah, it's, it's, it's weird it, it really yeah. is weird I, I mean like whoa crazy echo going on <laughs> oh. um yeah it, it's just weird because in like even normal good times i'm not really a fan of politicians to begin with you know what i mean like you know and here it's like the richest most spoon-fed fucking gross fucking racist sexist making fun of people with disabilities like yeah. you know having an escort for a wife type mm -hmm. fucking deal like it's just it's mind-boggling you know it, it's funny it's, i somehow ended up on donald trump's uh, mailing list and he sends out about 20 <laughs> emails a day oh and and then i start understanding why people believe him and why people kind of get confused and stuff because it's just the the amount of propaganda like 20 emails a yeah. day just look what they're doing to us we stand with you come on you're a patriot and all this type of stuff right yeah and it's like i can't blame anybody no because it is like nazi propaganda how did all of germany fall into that it's the same way they fell into donald trump they just they push you so hard they bombard you with all of this garbage until eventually you start going oh man maybe it is true you know and it's just well, that, that's it, you know, and, and uh, like I say, I mean, I'm not a flag waver by any means. I, I'm not. A, anytime people start talking like our country is the best, I'm not even talking USA or Canada or mm -hmm. anywhere. But anytime people are like, we're the best, we get our vaccines first, um, we're going to do better than the others. As soon as people start talking like that, 
I'm like, ah. yeah, you know, like, yeah, no, that. exactly. <laughs> you know, because like, w- when did this happen that you want to be better than the others? You know, whatever know. happened to be like, I want all my friends around the world to be doing pretty fucking good. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what I wake up thinking. Exactly. Exactly. I've always yeah. thought that I, I loved growing up. I loved every culture. I always, you know, I think it was the best thing about Buffalo is you grow up being so close to another country, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's awesome because most Buffalo Buffalonians, they, they spend so much time in Canada. You get to have that feeling of multiculturalism because of Toronto, you know, and stuff like that, where it's just, a, it's a mixing pot of everybody and it's awesome. And that's how I grew up. I grew up no, like wanting to meet everybody from everywhere. I thought it was the other way around. I thought Canadians went for cheaper stuff down there, but I guess t- sometimes. Well, I mean, back ways, when like, I was a kid, like, we, yeah. you could spend so much money, American money in Canada, and you just feel great. Because it was <laughs> walking away so with cheap. all the maple syrup. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> dill pickled chips. I haven't had those in years. I yeah. think I need some in my life. <laughs> yeah, but so, I mean, like, oh, go ahead. Well, you know, with this pandemic and the, through this crazy time, I am aware. I mean, luckily with social media and stuff, like you know, you get to know what your friends are up to. You guys mm-hmm. seem busy doing something all the time. You know, what's funny is it didn't start out that way. So like we had, let's say February, when we, when we left you, we had this really amazing, and I mean amazing year for us. We were gonna go back to Canada, meet back Ooh. up with you. We were gonna go to Pooza Fest. We were gonna do, oh my God. Oh, we had a uh, map from the Planet Smashers stop. He actually invited us to do a three day tour with him and the Planet Smashers doing these awesome, like I think it was another festival in Quebec. And we were so excited and then when everything happened, everything everything just got canceled and we were left with nothing because all of everything was just shows. And so when they said you need to quarantine, don't see your friends, we didn't see each other for four or five months, maybe. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, nothing. We re- and I, I, got, I got in a bit of depression. I was just like, oh my God, this has been my life. I threw away my adult life to be a musician. <laughs> You know, I didn't, I didn't plan. I, I had this conversation with you when you were in Buffalo, like we're lifers, we're in this for life. So it's like, I don't know what else to do. So well, that's I, it. And you just said the most important thing I can think of because all my friends and usually I'm a pretty all right guy. Like I don't, you know, I, I can take hits. I don't usually get down and stuff like that, you know, but I got to admit in the last two days, fuck did it hit me hard, man, not sleeping or sleeping too much, you know, mm-hmm. like for musicians, I mean, your, your whole career or life is, is just like being with a bunch of people, all your friends and sharing mm-hmm. good times and having other people feel good, you know, and get, giving all your energy to other people. And it's like, you know, I'm on this little down right now and it's weird. I'm weirding myself out. I'm not used to it. You know what I mean? Right. But I, if I'm feeling that way, I think there's a lot of musicians right now, have, even if they have other jobs and stuff like that, um, they're having a real hard time. Yeah. I mean, I only have my job to keep the music going. So when I don't have the music, my job's awful. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. So, you know, it, it's been tough. But I think after those, let's just say four months, we decided we needed to get back together. Things were 
I don't want to say getting better, but they were enough where you could see each other. And we started playing again. But then something else happened, which was weird. And we figured, honestly, we would save it for your show rather than anywhere else. So we ended up uh, just parting ways with a few band members. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in the virus, we were just like, we, we do it now or we don't do it at all. Or people just weren't, they weren't into it anymore. Their heart, their heart wasn't in it. And like, but they were still hanging on and you're just like, you know, now, now it's making the band weird. You got it. You got to go. So we thought everything was fine. And, you know, like I said, no more shows. It didn't really matter. We're going to regroup during this time. And uh, we got hit with a letter from a lawyer. What? <laughs> and it, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to go ahead? Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, well, it started at first, um, one of our band members had trademarked the name, the abruptors without the knowledge of any of years anyone ago. else in the band, like years ago, like 2018, I think he trademarked it, but we didn't realize it. So when we, you know, decided it was time to part ways, he hit us with like, well, just so you know, the abruptors are done. <laughs> and we were like, what i don't think that's how that works and we were right that's not you know yeah if you you... look into it there's like what they call common law and i'd been using the name because i created the band in 2015 and i'd been using the the name since then and he only had a trademark to 2018 (laughs) it didn't work but who the fuck does that (laughs) i had to say it like what what the fuck who the hell runs to a lawyer you know what i mean this is about fucking you know having music continue and carry on but it got worse than that. It got so worse. he didn't just run. So he trademarked the name over two years ago now. Yeah. So when it was time for us to part ways with one another, he actually sent us a cease and desist letter from a lawyer saying, like, you need to stop everything abruptors related because yeah. I own the name rightfully. And we were like, what are you trying to do? Like, we didn't quite understand. So we actually ended up having to file a trademark cancellation through the trademark trial and appeal board and that cost us three grand yeah to to do that and eventually you know we had to settle um but we got our name back so you might have noticed that like you know some people might have noticed that our stuff wasn't on spotify and our stuff wasn't on Bandcamp. and he started taking down our stuff like he was sending um yeah, basically cease and desist notices to yep. all of these different places. He actually sent it to the distributor that Asian Man Records works with. Nick started fucking with Mike Park. <laughs> Mike Park was like, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> so, but let me just say this: Mike could have easily distanced himself from us and said, "Fuck you guys, you're causing me trouble." Instead, Mike was on our side, standing by us the whole time. He was. That's amazing. amazing. That, that's really great. I, I still can't wrap my head around what does somebody have to gain except for trying to settle and grab a couple of bucks from somebody? Like, no, who does like, Don't vindictive. you want the music to continue? You know, like, he was just why? vindictive. We thought to ourselves, if you put that much effort into trademarking the name behind our back, if you put that effort into the band, you'd still be in the band. Like, that, it was like, it's not hard. And honestly, it's funny because out of anybody in the band, that person, probably did the least so it was yeah, like, 
out of anybody to own the name, it wouldn't have been you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fucked up. And and like what I get from this too, I mean, like I'll I'll go back to the pandemic. I mean, relationships, Mm -hmm. marriages, bands, it's really where it's kind of, you know, on on the last episode as with a a man in Montreal called Paul Cagnello, who's really uh, well-known and respected here. Um, and we're talking about how it's like really just a test. This whole pandemic is to separate the people and see who's real about what they're doing. Because yeah. if you're going to stick it through the pandemic, well, well you're, you're going to make it through anything it. after, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. And that's really what we were thinking about when, when all this went down is we were like, my God, we love this band, but some of us don't. So maybe it's time to take the people who love this band and push forward. And I talked with Mike Park a bit because, you know, I, I look at him as like, I grew up listening to everything he ever did. You know, he was, his bands were the soundtrack to my life. And I've been lucky enough to become friends with him. And I, and I look for advice when I talk to him and he gives me good advice. And he said, Mike, he just goes, just do it. He goes, there are people who are going to drag you down. And if they do just let them go and then keep on pushing on. He goes, don't worry about it. And so, you know, we did. And uh, like I said, he stuck by us, which was awesome because man, if he was anybody else, he could have cut us loose and just said, you know, you guys are causing me trouble. Get out of here. But he stuck by us. Cheers to Mike Park. Yeah. yeah, Mike Park's the best. So we were super happy with him. Mm. Being an awesome friend. Um, and we found this lovely, like on a really good positive note, we found this lovely young woman who plays trombone and trumpet. And cool. she, she just like, you know, during a pandemic of all times, and she has been awesome playing with us right now. So everything. She just loves it. She just like. She loves it. She, she loves being here. She is so just appreciative and grateful. And it's just her attitude is so awesome. So Every once in a while, getting some fresh energy is not a bad thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, long story short, we actually last week officially settled it and it's ours. Congratulations. So, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really cool. And we were really happy because we had all these things we've been working on. Like I said, well, we that's it. What are you working on? So right now we have an EP we just finished with Rick Johnson of Mustard Plug. And we just before we got on the call with you, we're working on another like homemade music video like we did for With My Luck. DIY for yeah. B-side type. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we were having a lot of fun with it. So it's going to be a three song EP. Uh, a brand new tune, a cover song by Brian Fallon originally from Gasm. And then we're doing a redo of an original Abruptors song called Someday. And it's funny because when we originally recorded that one, I just hated the way it came out. Right. I couldn't stand it. And our horns at the time, who haven't been in the band for years, but they were so bad that I actually had to hire horn players to play on it. So it never felt like our song because it was like all the things I had to do to, you know, and I hated my voice on it, I just hated it. So I wanted to, we called the EP Moving On because we feel in so many aspects for just moving on. So I wanted to move on from that song and it's actually our most popular song. <laughs> it's like- that. It's funny how that works out, you know? Hey, right, it's so. got, oh yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Right, right before, um... Uh, sitting down with you guys. I listened to this today. Look, all signed oh, up. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Fantastic. Awesome. Al- fantastic album. Thank you. Really. And the the song I really I was tripping on today is "I Have My Day." Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Fantastic song. You know, like for all people talking about pandemics that are having relationship problems and stuff like that. Yeah. That's actually kind of uplifting through that, and yeah. that's not something you feel every day. 
No, no. And that was actually during a specific time. Um, when I wrote that album, I wrote it, I guess, between two different relationships, basically. And with one, she had kept me so down. Like, let me give you a little example. She, we're going back years now. But she didn't want me to get a license because she was afraid that I'd go spend time with my friends. Like that kind of control. So, right. So Ciao, Bella. <laughs> of my day was basically um you know you can keep me down but some i'm gonna have my day i'm gonna have my time and that's that's how i wrote that song and it went through so many so many different versions <laughs> there was a version where i sang it and it was like oh it was so bad <laughs> and i think there was a version with me doing the backups on the verses and then when tony came along i was like you you gotta do these <laughs> so it's, that's awesome we have some really funny versions of how that song used to go. It was like a weird slow reggae jam before, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it was super He showed slow. me because I, you know, I joined the band like three years into it. So I didn't hear a lot of the original ways right? And he showed me the original way. Yeah, and I was so like, bad. <laughs> oh my God, what is that? Like it was, yeah. yeah. But the way it came out was really, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were really, really happy good. with the yeah. word. That album like was, for me, it was like a way to let go of a lot of bad things that had happened. Some people go to therapy. I tried. And then you get to that like that point where the therapist is like, now write down your feelings and crumple up the note and throw it into the air and let go. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> I got really <laughs> high with a therapist. There you go. See, my, she didn't offer me. She offered me cookies, but I didn't want any. <laughs> so I just, I was like, I'm going to write songs about how I feel. And that's, that's ended up what Love and Other Disasters was, hence the name. It was just like, there was definitely a point when we were we were finishing that where we had gone out to California to play the Asian Man 20th anniversary, and that's when the second relationship was just at its bitter end, and I was so miserable, and I should have been so happy because I was out there at the Asian Man 20th anniversary, and I'm sitting in an airport just staring at my phone. Oh, it was horrible, horrible. So, but it's a great album because it it let me like let go of a lot of that stuff. What's what I find really interesting about that is I um I don't normally write about relationships and stuff like that and um the other day I did bring a new song that kind of touched on that kind of thing yeah. and um it takes a lot of courage to really write about how you feel and especially knowing that the song might involve somebody else in it mm -hmm. you know and uh, all of a sudden I have a new respect for people that write about relationships because that might be one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was so afraid to do it in my old bands that I would start writing about things like beer and uh, fighting. And then I would think of myself and go, I don't drink beer or fight. So there's nothing in this that's like relatable to me. And one day I just started writing songs about how I was feeling and how things made me feel. And I had a guy in the band, and I'm sure you've run into people like this. He would tell me, he goes, dude, he's like, that's not punk rock. I'm like, I don't care, dude, I'm having emotions. Like, fuck you. <laughs> and he just, you know, it was like, he was that, it's not punk rock guy. And I was like, you gotta go. And that's how I started with <laughs> Ruptors. I hate my I fucking was, emotions. I was so, I was so like, I'm gonna write about things I know about right now. I just know a lot of fucking pain, man. So fuck off. <laughs> How punk so, rock is that, motherfucker? <laughs> exactly. So it's just, I was sick and tired of that mentality, and that's what started the abruptors. I was just like, I'm gonna write about feelings, man. I got a lot of them. So, you know, that's I think. What's that? that? That's wild. And what, what I was kind of holding on to here that uh, Tony said a while back that she came into the band 
uh, two or three years after it started, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you are such a fundamental piece of this band, Tony. Oh, she's the she's the other half. Like she totally is, because I you know, and I say this all the time. We weren't like the abruptors until she joined. Before it was me just having fucking feelings. So nice. Because you are. When I was just having a bunch of fucking feelings, man, it was just me just like spitting shit out. <laughs> but then when she came, she added her own feelings and then added a certain level of professionalism. Oh, you mean maturity? <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, she has to because there's. I'm not good at. I'm good at the writing and the playing and you know having a good time. I'm not good at. I'm not good at online stuff. I'm not good at not being an asshole. <laughs> there's a lot of. Had a serious discussion yesterday about management Yeah. I just don't know what it's like. I'm just not good with that stuff. So, but yeah, no. When she when she joined the band, she became the second part of it. I mean, well, that's it, because you're, you're doing quite a bit in the band, Tony. Like, mm -hmm. tell the people here what you're playing. So, um, I started out playing saxophone, and then after a little while, I started doing backup vocals, which then evolved into lead vocals. And then when we, um, you know, made some changes in the band, I also started playing keyboards. Um, so there's a lot that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're a good hired gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a practice today and it was it was great the five of us like she was you know she picks up the stacks when the song calls for it but if not she's playing those keys singing the leads she's she's awesome so so you guys are five in the band now yeah that's perfect that's yes. a good number of people yes and you know what's funny is like you say that and we had somebody from our label mates monkey who are also on asian man records and that guy personally went out of his way todd and he was just like hey he's like let me tell you something he's like monkey did its best work when we were five and i feel that there's less people to wrangle it's like herding cats it's well, it ridiculous i mean in a band one of the realities is that you have to get together and the more people mm -hmm. there are the more chance there is of not being all together right and especially when yeah. it comes to shows or fitting in a vehicle to get to the show yeah oh my god well yeah. but then talk about issues how about when you know we brought you to buffalo and to pittsburgh and you brought us to toronto and Alora. But we went down to six when we went to Elora with you because somebody got banned from Canada. So when you end up dealing with more people, you have more issues. And I want to give a special shout out to Matt from Stomp Records because when he was here with the Planet Smashers, he looked at me and he goes, he's illegally living in Canada. He goes, he's going to get banned. And sure enough, just a few months later, he exactly. sure did. Actually, I think it wasn't it was after a show. Yeah, it was after. Yeah, it was after. Oh, it was after a big show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He and he got he got kicked out, and he couldn't come go back in. And so we went to come play with you, and he tried to get in, and he phoned me, and he goes, "Yeah, man, they wouldn't let me in," and I'm like, "No kidding, you were banned, you idiot!" Like, so it just ended up, you know. That's even more funny because we almost didn't make it to the states. They found it empty. <laughs> They found an empty baggie and an old jacket that some guy yeah. in the band was wearing. It That's may or may right. not have been me. And their dog, their that. dog sat in the middle of the van and it just didn't know where to go, so it just sat in the middle. <laughs> O'Connell, we've got to write a song for O'Connell at the border, our best friend. It's funny, but you did make it through. That was the yeah, best and part. it wasn't, and it wasn't because of O'Connell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that was, I mean, yeah. So. 
Wait, pardon me? What was that? The name of the dog was O'Connell? I want to say yes, but no. It was <laughs> no, one of the border uh, cops was the, the plain bad cop there. He, oh, he was all over okay. my shit. He's like, what is this? I'm like, it looks like an empty bag of weed, man. I'm like, like what, what do you think it is? <laughs> Dumbass. Oh, that's funny. But yeah. <laughs> We, you know, it's been uh, it's been really great. This this with the five of us, it's been super productive. We've got the EP. We actually just finished our second album demos, which is super exciting. Tony and I actually wrote most of these songs like a year ago. We used to do Saturday night hangouts, which is what tonight is, and we would watch things like Ninety Day Fiance, and we would watch um, we would watch uh, Shit's Creek. Right, right. I know all about that. <laughs> Love Shit's Creek. So we, we were just, and then we would write some tunes. And then we bring I'm going to have Shit's Creek in a minute if I keep drinking this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we wrote the second album. It was just me and her. And it was great because the first album was like, a lot of it was just me. Like, just like I said, having feelings. Mm -hmm. This one is just both of us like wondering what happens after that big relationship in your life. Like, where do you go from there? So it has a lot of the same principles as the first album, but it's also a, a, the next evolution, the next step of what do you do after that? So, cause we don't want to harp on the same thing for forever. You know what I mean? No, no, you got to harp on the next girlfriend, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now we can both harp on our different scenarios and different lives and what, ha what has happened. And we've been playing a lot of these songs for a while. So. Well, well, we're talking about songwriting, which is like one of my favorite subjects in the world. Now, you guys are playing ska. Mm -hmm. What, like, I don't, are, are your influences mostly ska bands or ska related or do your influences come from the outside and then you put it into ska? There's that, that's usually two different avenues for ska musicians, right? Yeah, I would say for me, it's like 50-50. So like, I grew up just loving ska. So that's, there's definitely that major influence. But then I also grew up loving like 90s punk rock. So like two of my favorite bands that I always relate to are uh, Green Day and uh, The Living End. So I just loved a lot of the stuff that they did. And that, those, they were huge influences on me growing up. So it's definitely a 50-50 for me. That makes sense. I think for me, it's more about the lyrics. So I'm all about bands and musicians who really focus on more kind of poetry, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and a lot of the way we work is I'll just write something and send it to Mike and he'll come up with an idea musically for it that fits mm -hmm. in with Skull. Skull. And that is Skull. We <laughs> may have already had too much to drink. Um, but then um, we work from there. So he'll take my lyrics and he'll fit it into kind of a Skull feel. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll come up with horn lines and it'll evolve and we'll argue about where we wanted to go and um we end up with what i think is a really cool album mm -hmm. um you know but yeah. our songwriting process is a lot of fun I, oh even know, I, it's it's been becoming better because i feel like the last couple songs we wrote i like i would write the majority of the words and then she'll add like a bridge lyrically and it's almost like it was just one person still writing it because she knows exactly where i was going how i was feeling and it's just like she can carry that feeling through the song so it's awesome I've that's really cool work with anybody like that yeah and that's really interesting because like when i'm talking about songwriting obviously you know there's music and words words and music melody and all, all this kind of thing and um 
I, I'm sometimes curious about like, you know, whoever may influence me musically is not necessarily who influences me lyrically. Yes. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, do you guys have, like, are, is it a similar vibe or do you have somebody like a, a singer or a lyricist or a poet or a writer that does influence you or I don't know. Mm. I've never asked anybody that before. Um, I think Michael hate my answer, but yeah. I think I know it, but go ahead. Yeah, you know it. Um, so there are a couple bands that I've kind of followed throughout my life. Um, one of them is the Spell Canvas, and he's very like emo rock kind of super poetry type of guy. Um, and I really enjoy him. Another one I'm slightly embarrassed to admit. And he, that's why he's giving me thumbs up and rolling his eyes because he knows what I'm about to say. I absolutely love Taylor Swift. <laughs> and, you know, not her like Patron lyrics, but the ones yeah, that are cool. actually, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the first songs I sent him from Taylor Swift included. Um, Bumping like Patron. Bumping like, like Patron. And he was like, he was like, oh, this is not the quality I was expecting. Um, but the rest of it, she writes, I feel. Some of them are super lyrically poetic. Mm. So I like when you can listen to a song and not know exactly what they're talking about, but relate to it in your own special yeah. way. No, I would, I would And I feel like um, bands like that really mm -hmm. influence me. They have lyrics you can really feel, and they could be talking about a situation that you're not even relating to entirely, um, but you've made it your own and felt it in that own way. Yeah. I would feel <laughs> going back to Green Day when I was a kid. I love that, you know, if you really look at those early albums, which nobody ever does, you know, really he would write about anything from love to just like what he was doing on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? And that's what, yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I was a little, but, but you know, I just, I loved just that feeling I had when I was a kid that you could write like just about how your day was, whether it was good, bad, or whatever. Like, uh, I feel it, like, I, you know, it's funny, sometimes, you know, you can get deep, but I also wrote that it burns when I pee, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, <laughs> I think, but I think there's a, there's a certain magic to that too, like, where like songs don't always have to have a deep meaning, sometimes they're just catchy and fun. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be that, but I mean, for me personally, I have a hard time writing about things that I don't know. So like, when I look back at all, uh, my old band was called the B-Side Bastards, and uh, that name got us. <laughs> a lot less gigs than I thought. Um, but like, I listened to the songs and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I've never fought anybody in my life. <laughs> because I was in a band called Lightning Killed My Parents. Yeah. Wait, what was your band called? called? Lightning Killed My Parents. <laughs> we wrote about like, the last dinosaur that ever existed after the meteor hit the earth and also like really crappy girlfriends and like, I wrote the song about really crappy girlfriends, but I personally have never had a girlfriend, so I can relate to what Mike is saying. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's funny because those were the two ska bands in Buffalo at the time, and now we've, like, become one. <laughs> we've Aww. taken some of their members and our members, and we've just become, we've yeah, and we've matured, <laughs> so, you know. Nah, that's 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 awesome. Really is, and you guys write uh, good songs. I'm uh, like listening to that album. I was uh, very surprised at how clean that recording was. Like in a good way. I mean, like it, it was, it's really man, it was Rick Johnson. Rick Johnson from Mustard Plug. That dude knows what he's doing. I love him. I love talking with him. I love dealing with him. We're actually gonna go skiing soon, <laughs> so hopefully I'll love skiing with him. 
but uh he he's just like he's so much fun but he, he like he gives you the positive feedback that you need because like a lot of the times when i play guitar i just feel like a uber playing guitar but he's always like mike you're doing really good you know he's like he's giving that positive feedback but he also tells you he's not going to produce and then he produces and that's what i love about him he's like i'm not going to produce and then he'll like text like Mike Park and be like, Mike, I'm producing. But you've been playing for a long time though, because when I met you, it wasn't with the Abrupters. I met That's you in right. Toronto, right? At uh, the Bovine Sex Club. Yep. 737. And that's funny because that was the day I broke up the B-Side Bastards to start the Abrupters. So I had a show booked with B-Side Bastards with you. And they, I, they said to me, well, if your band's no longer here, like, what are we going to do for a band? I'm like, oh, I have another band <laughs> called 737. And that's how we ended up coming there. And I took 737 and put them in the abruptors. So it all makes sense now. And it's just, it's like, it's this big, just melting pot of like ska bands from Buffalo that ended up becoming the abruptors. We don't have the bass player anymore, but the drummer has stayed with me for the longest. He's been He's he's been my musical partner for longer than anybody else. So And a good and a very good dude too. He's awesome. He's cheers. awesome. I hate yes, cheers to Alex. Yes, he to hates Alex. when I say he hates when I say my musical partner because he is his own person and he is better than me musically in every way. I want him to know that if he watches this. He is he is the heart of the abruptors. Alex, you're the heart of the USA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> USA. but he's he's the best like he stayed with me through so many bands like especially when band members like myself and other band members would get into fights he'd stay out of the fight but he wouldn't ditch me he never left me he never like was like dude fuck you i'm gone <laughs> but he always stayed and he's he's just he loves the band and that's what i can always say about alex is he's an amazing drummer and he just absolutely loves this band absolutely so what's what's next for you guys like you know maybe one day we'll get out of this pandemic like like you guys are working on on music like you're you're saying are you going to release it before the pandemic's over or uh like or wait till it's over what's the yeah, plan no, so we're, we're talking to mike park and he wants us to release this ep only three songs in like okay. little sections so three songs uh one one at a time so we're probably i'd say within the next week or two we're going to release a video and the new single for a brand new tune we're good. We'll be doing like another single after that, another single after that. But those are a cover and a redo of a song. And then we'll be actually recording the second album once we get feedback from how the demo sound. That makes sense. The reason I was asking the question is because there's a, like I've obviously been talking to a lot of musicians mm -hmm. and a lot of people are like, man, I'm scared to put out an album, not be able to play behind it. And then by time pandemic's over, they're like the album's old and or other cares. people are like, fuck it. We're putting it out now. You know what I mean? Yep. So there's both sides of the fence on this, you know? Yeah. My personal feeling mm -hmm. in the, this whole pandemic is that people are like hungry for more. So you're bored, you're sitting at home. You don't know what to do. Somebody releases an album and you're super excited because you're listening to it 20 times um, because, you know, it's not like you can go out. So I personally feel like releasing an album now is great because people want to hear new stuff. They're looking for something that's exciting. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about the second album. My, my personal goal, so I'm not going to make any promises for the band, <laughs> um, is to have it recorded by fall, mm -hmm. is to have it like ready to go by fall, um, is my goal. Um, now, I set pretty 
um, lofty. Lofty, yes. <laughs> I set pretty lofty goals, and Mike tries to make me more realistic. Um, but that's what I'm hoping for. Coming around to her idea, I think. <laughs> I think that I'm I'm in that camp that I'm worried that like we'll put it out and people will be like, "Oh, that was great," and then by the time we get back out there, they'd be like, "What else you got?" <laughs> so I feel like I'm just kind of worried. I don't know. Yeah, I want to see have how like eight months to write a new whole new album. I know, so. <laughs> and we've already got a couple songs for album three, so we're not not hurting for music, thankfully. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting though because like through the pandemic, it really shows like some bands are more comfortable with online stuff than others. Like you know, some bands you know may have done some shows or not too many people heard of them, but then through the pandemic and they're very online type people have kind mm -hmm. of like you know gotten out there more than some mainstays even that are just like fuck it, we're not doing anything until it's over. You yeah. know, it's kind of an opportunity for some newer bands I find mm -hmm. in a weird kind of way as well, right? Sure, yeah. sure. I think that's our problem is we've just tried to discover how we are online. We're not usually good at it. No, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to online, we're not, we're just not great. Like, yo, here's a picture of somebody. Cool. We're both kind of like self-conscious in introverts, yeah. I would say, yeah. right? So like you yeah. ask us to put ourselves out there online in a photo, we're like, do I look weird? Like, <laughs> we're trying to be better. We're working but, on it. Yeah. That's like a personal goal. There's, there's other bands that we're friends with that we're like, we're very jealous of their online presence. Their we're ability like, to be likable. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, oh my God, you guys do everything online and everybody loves you. Like, how do you do that? We don't know how to be personable like that. Like, do I put a t-shirt on my turtle? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have a hamburger costume. Where do you get those? Like, <laughs> it's just weird, but it's what? like, we're trying, we're trying. Cause you know, you gotta, you get, if you don't change with what people are doing then you're gonna get left behind. Well, that's it, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting also because like you're saying about the online stuff, uh, another discussion we had the other day was about this whole, you know, Spotify and stuff. Well, I, I was try making the argument that before the pandemic, a lot of people didn't care that much about Spotify because that wasn't their main source of income. You mm -hmm. know, it was live shows, selling Absolutely. albums at shows, stuff like that, or even radio play or, you know, but now all of a sudden, because of what's going on, these streaming sites are becoming the number one source and yeah. now everybody's freaking out when they realize that they're not really paying right. <laughs> right you know so now all of a sudden it's important but we just didn't care that much because it wasn't our priority before right right yeah. well i also feel like you know when it goes to like payment i do sympathize with the bands who are getting billions of plays and no money but at the same time we didn't start a ska band because we thought we were making money do you know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing. I mean, I, I don't want anybody to think that we don't sympathize because, yes, they should be paid. Every artist should be paid what they're worth. Absolutely. But, you know, we came into this band knowing that we were going to be a ska band. So we do it for the love of the music, not so much for... And flipping burgers on the side, right? Right, right, right. I mean, you know, that's like I said, I keep my job so I can keep funding this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a very delicate balance, you know. Well, we didn't have Spotify for about five or six. Yeah, when it was taken away from us, we were like. Right. All of our music was taken down. We were like, what? Wow, that's still an insane, insane, insane. There's like, we can make a whole episode on that, but we don't want to harp on it because we're right. moving on. But yeah, it's like, we, we really yeah. moving on. And, and honestly, it's not going to do anything for you, and it's not going to make you feel better at the end anyway. No. All no. you can do what, is move forward, my friends. Right. What made us feel better is the fact that we came out of this as the abruptors. 
Absolutely. And, you know, if, if you would have told me this before the outcome, I'd be like, there's no fucking chance in the world somebody else could call them the abruptors. You have enough witnesses around to say that you're the motherfucking abruptors. Yeah. That's, what really, that's really what, like, we thought, too, because this person tried to make their own abruptors page and nobody, nobody liked it. And then a lot of people contacted us. They're like, yo, what's this dude's problem? Like, they never recognized him as the abruptors. Well, then, like, we, at first we were like, oh, maybe we do have to change our names. So yeah. we can just move on. Some of them were like, the abrupt ones. The abruptness. We were like, this is all stupid. It was stupid. It sounded terrible. Like, no, we're the like, no like, other option yeah. other than this. Yeah, man. Now, no, check it out. I'm, I, I, we're going to, I'm going to end this uh, episode with, mm -hmm. from both of you, three albums that everybody should hear. Tony, you're on first. Now speak loud oh into God, the microphone. No, three know. albums on the spot. Hit me now. Wow. Oh my God. I don't know. You go first. Oh man, I'm so bad at this. I know. This is the sound of anxiety. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's and you that. know what's so funny? That's our whole second album. Yeah. Is the sound not, of anxiety. Not, that, could have, that could have been an alternative um, name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sound of anxiety. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Like you I don't know. I'm thinking. I, I'm gonna like watch back and, and think. Oh my god! I said the wrong thing. Well, don't worry because the next question was, "What's your guilty pleasure?" Listening. Oh god! I'll tell you too. That one I already know off the top of my head. Can I start there? Nope. No. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go with. Um, I want to go with Insomniac from Green Day, just because you laugh at me. Because I think I don't know. I just think that was like such a raw emotion because he was so mad at his former friends for just just ditching them basically, and it was like written. It's such raw emotion of early twenties angst. It was awesome. I loved it, and I think that you know that could really feel a lot of people's fires. You know what I mean? I got to yeah, man. Um, I think also for me personally, the got through a lot of tough times was Holy Darkness and Shadows by. Wait, can you say that again? Sorry, the audio cut out there. The second one's Heartbreaks and Shadows. I feel sound bad. Mm. It's just absolutely from beginning to end. I know like everybody loves the Ramblers, which is the first album. Well, not actually their first album, but the first one with Todd. But the second one with Todd, Heartbreaks and Shadows, was just beautiful. Just beautifully written, beautifully made, just everything about it. And it never gets any credit. And I think and Todd's a fantastic dude, man. Absolutely so fun. We were supposed to play with him before this pandemic. And I just, I love him. He's so nice and just, I love his voice. Oh my God, his voice just makes me, it's so great. So great. So that's two. I got two. Okay, uh, Green Day, Deals Gone Bad, and? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go from a worker's standpoint. Roll on by the living end. I knew that for you. Because I worked for a union, and I, like, that was a big unionized album. Totally. I love like just how they put power in the work and I just think a lot of what they said was so true even right though, on you know it's just like it still rings true so Tony that, you're on deck here we go three right. albums so while we were talking I made a iPhone note mm -hmm. <laughs> album so you're talking about we already talked about two of these bands for people bands mm -hmm. and people earlier so I'm kind of an emo kid at heart um so growing up it was he teases me all the time but um I have like 
you know, more emo type band. Um, the first album is One Fell Swoop by the Spill Canvas, which I already talked about. Um, the second one is Vacancy by Bayside. I really enjoy it. Yeah, like he enjoys I it like too, which is how you know it's good because yeah. he actually enjoys the music yeah, that really I sent him. Um, and then the third one is super kind of fangirly, but I really enjoyed Folklore by Taylor Swift during the pandemic because how do you write a whole album in isolation and it's amazing i don't know that's just my my with entire... other people helping you remain no, uncredited listen listen documentary and she wrote it with her she she wrote it okay. with her songwriting partners those are my three all right now you're in the car alone nobody else is knowing what's the guilty pleasure album all right so i'm gonna Like a lot. Yeah, he found it. <laughs> like Barbie Girl Aqua, like not even that song. I like a lot of their songs. I love that you just I love Aqua. They're really good. She has a really weird voice and it's awesome. Tony? I'm gonna be lame and say the third say it for a third time, but I really do enjoy um Taylor Swift's lover. <laughs> I was gonna say, I said, I was gonna say when you listed the three albums, I was gonna say not the guilty pleasures yet. Swift <laughs> is definitely my guilty pleasure because it's like she's you know a popular choice, I guess. But that's what it is. I don't know, guys. It's so fantastic to see your beautiful faces. Thank I can't you. wait till you know we can fucking drive around the world again and yeah. uh, go Absolutely. everywhere. And I know I'll see you out there. All right, you guys stay safe. Send all my love to everybody in the band. And we'll talk to you guys real soon. Thank you for showing up. This is amazing. You're beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. We thank really you. appreciate it. We miss you guys. Miss you guys too. Take care, guys. Right. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Boom. 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 Boom.